It's Friday, the 22nd of September, and this is The Splash. Welcome in, I'm your host, Phil Pryor, and look, we're not going to get too cute on The Splash for this Friday, uh, wrapping up the second week of this brand new podcast, and I thank all the listeners and all the subscribers out there, but of course, you know... Four massive games of footy this weekend. Two in the NRL, two in the AFL. Winners move into grand final week. uh, And that's what we're looking at today. Later in the program, we have uh, Math Wiz, Stat Wiz, Joel Carboni on to discuss how these NRL preliminary finals are going to uh, shape up. uh, And also, we're going to talk the AFL preliminary finals. So first on the splash, we've got Riley Beveridge joining us live from Adelaide, the Fox footy rider. Uh, Riley, we'll bring you in. Uh, how's, it, how's it feel over in, uh, in South Australia? It's good, mate. It's very hot. It's about, uh, it's about 30 degrees, say, in Adelaide. So uh. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how both sides adjust to the, to the climate tonight. But, um, but no, it's a, it's a lovely day, plenty of energy. I've seen a lot of Geelong fans streaming across from uh, Western Victoria, and obviously the Adelaide fans are very excited as well. Yeah, that's a it's a hell of a drive uh, down from Geelong, but um, there's certainly going to be no shortage of committed fans heading out to Adelaide tonight. Looks like it should be good conditions. Uh, and Riley, where I wanted to begin uh, with a, a brief chat to you today on the splash was an article that you've got up on site right now, which uh, which timely looks uh, at, at the way that Adelaide have assembled the list, which has taken them to a minor premiership and, um, you know, hosting a preliminary final tonight. And just the involvement in uh, Patrick Dangerfield in that process, who ironically returns to Adelaide, uh, you know, in the opposition lineup. Yeah, it's a nice bit of symmetry, the fact that two years to the day on Saturday, uh, it'll be when uh, Adelaide announced that, that Paddy Dangerfield wished to, to return home and play for Geelong. So it'll be celebrated in either one or two ways, and that's with with Adelaide waking up having beaten Dangerfield on their way to the grand final or Danger and his cats waking up having beaten his former side. So mm. uh, it's come full circle from that day, but you have to give the Crows a lot of credit given the way they've lost so many players in the past. It's not just Dangerfield. Phil Davis, of course, went to Adelaide. You've got Kurt Tippett. Oh, Phil Davis went to GWS, sorry. Kurt Tippett's gone to Sydney and there's, there's many more they've lost. So the way they've managed to sort of keep building this list despite so many high-profile departures has been really admirable and They've got a good list for the future. The, the, the way I sort of wanted to go into this piece uh, on the website at the moment is, is how they've not only... Comp- they haven't really compromised their future in yeah. trying to bring in players. They've, they've really stuck to their guns. They've backed their current squad. And, and they've got four players in virtually all under the age of 21 for, for, in return for Patrick Dangerfield two years ago. And, and they're still to come into the side. So their premiership window is going to be a long one. It's not just going to be this year or bust. And it's a really exciting time to be a Crows fan. Yeah, and uh, and Wayne Miller, you know, just on the brink of selection, and and he is, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the Crows' only uh, round one draft pick. Yeah, well, I've got I've got Troy Menzel as well, who came across from Carlton, um, but no one no one in their side is a is a first round draft pick at the moment. It's which fascinating, is really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the, it just goes to show how well. I mean, the the the, the real key, the cornerstone of building a squad is 
is trying to get your late picks and nail your late picks, and that's exactly what they've done. Yeah. And they look like a really balanced and even side. You look at someone like a Rory Sloan, who's arguably their best player. He was taken with around pick 40-odd, I think. Mm. Taylor Walker, who's their captain, is now one of the best key forwards in the competition, was a really late zone selection who they, they managed to get with a pick, I think, in the 60s or the 70s. So that just goes to show they've done a great job in identifying talent and and their early picks, they've got obviously Wayne Miller, as you said, who was a pick nine, who they got in exchange for Dangerfield. They've got Jordan Gallucci at pick 13, I think it was, last year. They're still to come into the side. So mm. they're the players that will take them to the next level in two or three years. So it's a, lot, a really, really good time to be an Adelaide fan. And I think they're going to be at the top of the ladder for the next four or five years, judging by the, the age profile of their list. And it's interesting, this Dangerfield narrative that you've written about, it's kind of flown under the radar all week because the big question has been, is he going to start up forward or is he going to start in the guts? And I suppose um, Brett Deledio has probably overshadowed it as well, you know, being a huge revenge game for him down at the MCG against his former side in game 250. But I will uh, ask you, what, what's your feeling on uh, the way that Chris Scott and the Geelong coaching staff will use Dangerfield tonight after he completely gashed the Swans' defensive line last week? Well, I think the way you've got to look at it is, where does your opposition not want him to play? And if I'm Don Pike and he's one out in the goal square, I'm terrified. Yeah. So I think that's the way Geelong should look at it because as good as he is in the midfield, they've got numbers that can run through there. And I just think that you're playing forward, he has the ability to still rack up 20, 30 touches. And, and the way they used him last week, they isolated him on Dane Rampion. Dane Rampion's one of the best defenders in the competition and but if he's one out and no one within 50 metres of the goal square it's almost 90s style football in the sense that it's kick it long kick it to this one-on-one contest and let the best player in the competition do his business it's what Geelong did last week and I don't think for Adelaide there's a natural matchup we were talking about it uh, with Jake Nile last night I think you've got someone like a Kyle Hardigan who's their best lockdown defender but is he too slow when the ball hits the ground? Do you play someone like a Jake Kelly on him, who's more of an interceptor, who mm. might be exposed one-on-one, or Luke Brown is probably their best small defender? So it's a tough one for Adelaide, and I think because of that fact that they've got no real natural matchup, I think he will play forward. Scott Selwood's healthy, he's playing good footy, uh, his brother Joel's getting there, uh, and, and you know, you analyse some of these Geelong B-grade midfielders who have really stepped up this year, Mitch Duncan, uh, Sam Menegola, so I'm absolutely with you, I hope that they uh, that they do start Dangerfield up forward uh, in tonight's game uh, against Adelaide. Any late mail, any, any uh, whispers of any changes to the, the final teams that dropped yesterday evening? Not really. The only sort of team news that's coming through is, is the matchups as we spoke about. And, of course, there's plenty to go around. Mm. I think Rory Sloan had 28 disposals and kicked three goals uh, the last time they played Geelong at the Adelaide Oval, which was about six weeks ago. So whether or not uh, Geelong tags him, yeah. uh, we saw the Cats tag, try to tag Dustin Martin as best as they could but with Scott Salwood uh, a couple of weeks ago. Whether or not they push Mark Blitzars, who did a really good job on Josh Kennedy last week, onto Rory Sloan is another matchup. So it's, it's genuinely just that looking now like the one-on-one matchups. I don't think we'll see too many late changes. Uh, Rory Sloan's fit again coming into the side. Mm. We know Andy Otten will play, replace Mitch McGovern and we know Cockatoo's into the Cats. So look, I don't think there's going to be too many uh, whispers of late changes. Just, just who plays on who is the big question at the moment. Yeah, they absolutely uh, should be tagging Rory Sloan if, if you ask for yeah. my opinion. But um, uh, And... and as as for Saturday's matchup, Riley, um, obviously you're based in Melbourne most of the time. Um, how is the the Richmond hype right now, <laughs> mate? It is incredible at the moment. I 
We always knew Richmond had a lot of supporters, but they've taken it to another level. I was at the MCG for the qualifying final a couple of weeks ago, and and it was insane. There's the fact that there was 95,000 there. I think conservatively, you'd guess that 70,000 of them were Richmond fans. I can't imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like on Saturday, given that the GWS aren't the most well-supported club in the AFL. They're still a new club. They're coming through. If they have 1,000 people there, that'll be a bonus for them. But they're going to be so outnumbered. And I think it's really safe to say that it could be the most intimidating atmosphere a club's ever been forced to play in front of, given just how loud and how vocal and supportive these Richmond fans are. And it's it's really changed the landscape of footy in Melbourne. I mean, yeah. uh, everyone's right behind them. We saw the dogs were a fairy tale last year, but I think Richmond would be just as big a fairy tale if they got over the line on Saturday and made it to their first grand final in what feels like an eternity. I think it's 30, 40-odd years now. So, um, look, the whole city, I think, is rallying around them, not just Richmond fans, but they don't really need the support of the whole city because Richmond fans alone are proving big enough. Yeah, Riley, you're a huge asset to the Fox Footy Podcast <laughs> team as well. Uh, you weren't on uh, yesterday's edition, which uh, has previewed in, in much more detail uh, both preliminary final matchups this weekend. But am I right in saying that Max Lawton uh, yesterday, another Fox Footy writer, said that the GWS Giants are only one from 14 at the MCG in the club's short history? I think they might be. And the worry for them is it's they crazy. play Richmond... They played Richmond at the G uh, a while back, and I think they kicked the first three or four goals of the game and then got absolutely yeah. destroyed. Yeah, they, they were torched. They kept in the first quarter, and they were torched after that. And, of course, when they played at Spotless Stadium <laughs> well earlier in the year, we know what happened there with the late yeah. goal to, to Jeremy Cameron and the heartbreak. So I think Richmond have shown at Spotless Stadium they can challenge GWS, and they've shown at the MCG they can beat them. So mm. I think the Tigers, they're going to start heavy favourites, and for good reason. Yeah, the Giants are obviously such a talented team, but... Uh, you know, the way that Richmond have been able to just apply enormous pressure around the ball. They did it two weeks ago against the Cats. They've done it all year. And that kind of footy is the kind of footy that stands up. You know, you cast your mind back a few years ago to the Dockers' uh, complete annihilation of Sydney over at Perth to qualify for the 2015 grand final, I think it was. Is that how you're seeing this uh, this Saturday's game as well? Yeah, I think so. I think... Look, Phil Davis spoke during the week, I think on AFL 360, and said that they're really going to embrace the challenge of being such a such heavy underdogs and given the fact that Richmond can have so many supporters there. And, and it is a good way to... In a strange way, I just feel that if GWS does win on Sunday afternoon, it'll be such a boost to them knowing that... like It's such a collective thing when, when you go into this intimidating atmosphere and come out the other side of it. So I think that could do wonders to their premiership hopes. But... But my tip is Richmond. I think Richmond and, uh, and Adelaide will win this weekend. I think that's what the grand final will be. But, but I mean, as, as I said before, if GWS can overcome that, you never know what they can do the week after. And, of course, they've got plenty to play for, given the, the sort of harrowing nature of how they lost the, the prelims to the Dogs at home last year and how, how much they were in that contest and just faded late. So I think they've got plenty of reason to, to, to try and win this year. And, and with Brett Deledio in their ranks, I think, he started to come away with his best. He played in the back line last week and, and really did well across half-back. So he'd love to get one over his old club as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, Riley, uh, I can't tell you how jealous I am. Enjoy your time in Adelaide. <laughs> uh, you're obviously heading along tonight um, and you, you'll be uh, you know, reporting for Fox Footy for the Fox Sports website um, you know, this, this evening. What's in the pipeline? Is it wait and see or you know, any, any potential storylines you'll be following? 
Oh, I think Dane's just the one, mate. I think yeah. all eyes were on him when he arrived at the airport yesterday and even when he left from Melbourne. So that'll be the big one. But but also just Adelaide, how good they've been throughout the entire year. Don't don't underestimate how much pressure they're under. Uh, for a side that sort of surged to the top of the ladder early in the season, won their first five or six games and have stayed there throughout the year, the onus is on them now to really pull through in finals. They've got a terrible record in prelims throughout the years, of course. Mm. We know what happened in 2012 when they looked really good against Hawthorne, the G and faded away and lost by five points. So they're going to be desperate to, to make the grand finals and make the big stage and, and, uh, and celebrate the 20-year anniversary of their first flag with their, with their next one. Yeah, well, uh, Riley, enjoy your time out there tonight and thank you very much for joining the Splash. No worries, Phil, any time. And now over to Rugby League, NRL. Who wants to find out who wins this weekend's uh, round of preliminary final matchups? Because joining us is the mathematical whiz from straight out of the Fox Sports Lab. It is Joel Carboni. You probably recognize him for anyone that has tuned into pregame on Fox League at some stage this season. Uh, he's the mathematical genius behind uh, behind how the results are likely to play out. Uh, welcome to the Splash, Joel. Thanks, Phil. And, <laughs> and, uh, and first things first, how have you gone this year? You, you sort of, uh, you've got a, a, a complicated model in which you use to determine who's going to win, what the tip is, what are the percentage chances of teams finishing on top of their opponent mm-hmm. and out of uh, a possible 198 games in the season so far, mm-hmm. how have you gone? Uh, we've got 138 so far, right, if you're just using a um, binary win or loss. Yep. And uh, we've gotten pretty close on most of the games. I think like over 50% we've got within one try of the final result. So yep. wow. uh, actually not quite 50%, almost 50%, you know, within one try of the final result. So... It actually did pretty well this year. Started off relatively poorly. This year was like pretty tumultuous the first <laughs> six rounds, but after the first six rounds, it it really caught on, and particularly in the back end of the year and into the finals. Mm. I'm saying just before the um the cows have been pretty tough to pick in the finals, yeah. but besides of that, it's been um it's it's gone quite well actually. It has been an, a pretty unpredictable year. You mentioned this the opening few rounds particularly. So are you happy with seventy percent so far in terms of win and loss? Yeah, well, that's that's generally how it goes. I mean, it it, it fluctuates around seventy percent. Some some years a lot more so. Like, yeah. uh, sorry, a, a little bit higher. Was it seventy five last year? Yeah, it was a little bit to? closer to seventy five yeah. this year. Just earlier on in the season, you had so many teams outperform what their preseason expectation was. I mean, Manly Dragons, those two teams in particular, they really outperformed what everybody thought. The Dragons come back down to. What we ex- what we assumed would be their about average performance. Yeah. Uh, in about yep. ninth, we had them about tenth or eleventh, I think, at yep. the start of the year, finishing there. So with about ten wins, they finished with I think eleven or twelve wins. Mm. They've had 11, yeah, eleven or twelve wins just missed on the final. So most teams performed according to expectation, but earlier on in the year it was just all over the joint. Like they had yeah, uh, yeah the Dragons and Manly in particular, and the Panthers and Raiders. Yeah, we spoke about yeah. before they really underperformed early on the year. So I think all the Splash listeners, they want to know who's going to win this weekend. Uh, Look, the Storm, they're up against the Broncos tonight. They've passed the eye test all year. And I know that you personally, Joel, are a big um, supporter of the Storm from a statistical aspect as well. What percentage do you give the Broncos of causing an upset down at Amy Park tonight? Uh, They got a better chance than the other two teams of causing an upset. If if it were um, Melbourne versus Roosters or Melbourne versus Cows... They would be 
more heavily favoured than they are in this, I think. I think the Broncos are the next best team in the competition. They're the, Our, yeah, yeah. the, the most dangerous team. Yeah, yeah, the predictor has Melbourne as the best team, far and away, yeah. and then Brisbane as the second best, Roosters and Cowboys, wow. in, that, in that order. Wow. It just so happens that the two best teams are playing in the prelim. Yeah, um, Melbourne are about 65, maybe a little bit more percent chance of winning this, so that gives the Bronx around a 30% chance, which means that a lot of things obviously have to go in their favour. Um, you'd say that staying in a game and you know right until the back end of the game. I think their their most recent was it their most recent game. They they played a pretty tight game, or was that one of the games you see they played a pretty tight game? Um, I yeah, I'd say that the way that the Bronx are going to have to win is to shift early, somehow win fast play of the balls coming out of yardage through some sort of like early shift or second phase. And the the likelihood of that happening for eighty minutes is about thirty odd percent because no yeah. no team's consistently been able to do it against Melbourne either through second phase or through shifting the ball early consistently for eighty minutes. How much of a factor is the Broncos being on the road rather than at Suncorp that um, you know bakes into this thirty percent chance that you have of them winning? Yeah, it's it's obviously fairly powerful for the Storm playing at, at Amy Park. It's uh, one of the, the biggest, most advantageous places to play yep. for any team in the competition. Melbourne actually is the most advantageous. <laughs> Amy Park is the most advantageous place to play at. So Melbourne, probably a four points heavier favourite playing at home. Um, yeah. They're, yeah. they're probably eight points better in this game than the, than the Broncos are. So, look, it, it's going to be a massive hurdle to overcome. And uh, the, the Cowboys last fortnight... That has literally caught everyone by surprise, am I right? Yeah, definitely. Both times they were huge underdogs. I think last week they were... The predictor had them as two-point underdogs, but I I saw some betting outlets had them as high as nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, which is ridiculous. Wow. So they, they, they weren't as... Um, unfancied as some betting outlets were saying and some social... Some, some, sorry, as many people in NRL society had thought, but... Um, yeah, they, they they still were underdogs and they've won two games clearly as underdogs so far. This one will be their biggest underdog status so far. Yep. They're a bit less than 40% chance to win. Um, there's, again, a very clear path for them to take to, to win as underdogs. It's stay in the game for around 60 minutes, control the game for 60 minutes if they can, and then no one's been able to stop Tom Alolo. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. You know, If they're in the game at the 60-minute mark, then you're bringing back Jason Tomalolo for his... Famous second stint, yeah, uh, and anything can happen from there. Yeah, his second stints are like up until six. If if you just played, if NRL was a sixty-minute game, <laughs> and you didn't have his second stint, he'd be a very good forward. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be the best forward in the competition. Yeah, there are other players who play better in the first sixty minutes of games, but the back end of games, mm. there. I don't know if there has been, but there definitely isn't anybody that that gets near him in the in the back end of games. So no one's been able to stop him and. The Roosters will be no different. They won't stop him in the back end of the game. But if the Roosters blow him away in that first, it's a, it's going to be like two games. First 60 minutes, back end, <laughs> the last 20 minutes. So if the Roosters are giving him a touch-up in the first 60, then the cows are out of it. But if it's close, I'd give the I'd say then it's 50-50. Uh, so this is, Joel, this has been your first year uh, on board the Fox Sports Lab team. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this is... Fox League's first year as well um, in terms of 24-7 broadcast. Uh, we thank you for joining the team. and uh, Thanks, mate. And, uh, of course, you, you yeah, you're tipping Storm and Roosters uh, to, to yeah. be in next weekend's grand final. Yeah, definitely. 
Okay, thank you very much for joining the Splash, Joel. Thanks very much to all our uh, listeners and subscribers out there. Uh, please go over onto iTunes uh, and hit that subscribe button. Uh, support the Splash. Uh, and until next week, uh, good luck, good luck, everyone, uh, this weekend if you are supporting one of the teams in action, whether it's across the NRL or the AFL. Uh, but as far as the splash goes, until next week, that is a wrap. Mm-hmm.